So Brenda, can you come up here so we can talk about you? Oh, you can stay there for a second. We'll call you up here in a minute. You want? I would like you to come up if you can. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, we do love you, Brenda. Brenda was just how old were you when the church was being built? Um, but thank you for making me younger <laughs> uh, when it was being built. Here. I, I would have been about four. Four years old when, when this. Two when it started over in my right. parents' house in the school. So she was too young to, to be an official charter member. But I see her as a charter member of the church. And when I came, when I came to the church, when I, when I, I came to the church about eight years ago, and, um, and the first person, one of the first persons that I met was your mother. And it was at the boutique that we have here on um, you know, the holidays. And, and I had such a great time with her and friendship with her. And you weren't here then, you had went to Redlands. And you were over there, but then you came back, and it, it was like I knew you all my life because I knew your mom. It was just, it was just wonderful. Plus, you you have so many friends and family here, and we're all your family, and we love you. And so we're gonna send you off with prayer, and you know blessings from the Lord. Um, don't be surprised if we do like a church field trip to your house over there. <laughs> Camp, the, camp retreats in your house. <laughs> and so, um, but we want to pray for you. But before we do that, I'm going to ask Pastor Arthur to come up here. And I know he would like to say a few words. Okay. And we have something to give you, too. You know, just something for you to remember us by. <laughs> you know, um, uh oh. Well, he said some of us are sending you off. And some of us are still praying against it. So if we have to be truthful. No, we, uh, we certainly, you know, the three years or so that we've been here, um, we feel like we've known you all our lives as well. And just the way you've, the whole church has, had embraced us and brought us in. And, and uh, your music uh, forever will live in our hearts your um, service to the Lord has, has made an impression on me that um, is, is something I strive for. So you are, um, Pastor, you can share that, and we, so, will, uh, we will lead the, uh, the journey of all of us coming to see yeah, you. Know, okay. You all heard that. <laughs> One of the one of the things that um, I don't know if you probably remember, but not all of you know, when she was at one point in the hospital, she was she was not doing too well, and I went to go see her, and she was the most optimistic, excited person, you know, sharing about God. She she could have passed away, but she would have done it that one of the happiest ways that I would have seen anybody. So. <laughs> That was impactful to me too, and, and I'm sure we can sit here all day talking about stories about you know how, how you've impacted our lives. But we want to give you this, and it's a little plaque with love and appreciation for the many years of faithful service in Christ and the La Mirada Church of the Nazarene. And you know, it's a... That's beautiful. 
beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't because I will get really nauseous. You know, those of you that know me well know I can talk all day to one or two, but a group makes me a little terrified. Uh, but I can't not say that of all the goodbyes I have to go through this week, this is the hard one because you are all my family. Really, more than you know, you are my family. And so I'm going to miss you horribly. It's a phone call, a text, an email, and it's not forever. Um, you never know when I'm going to pop in the back door. <laughs> anyway, I do love you all. And that, uh, that song that was sung earlier, The Blessing, if I could sing, which I, I can't, but you understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> from what I'm told. You. <laughs> Um, I, 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 well, and I've heard him singing, yes, he can. No, I can't. <laughs> but those are words that would come from my heart, praying over each of you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his, shine, his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Turn his face toward you and give you peace. That is my prayer. After after church, everybody is welcome to to come by um, Mike's Hamburgers. We're going to go there, and we're going to have a time of fellowship and eat lunch together. And um, you know, they they have the outside area set up, so it's not the booths, so we so we can kind of all be with each other. So you all are welcome to come and and share with us. It's right there on, if you don't know where Mike's is, it's right there on uh, Imperial and Santa Gertrudis hamburger stand, good stuff. And we're gonna hang out with you a little bit. But before we let you go, we're gonna pray for you. And so um, let's send her off church, filled with the spirit, yes. blessed. Father, we just come before you right now. And we pray a blessing over Brenda right now, Lord Jesus. This is, this is a hard day, Father, because we don't want her to go. But we know, Father, she's in your will. And we know, Lord Jesus, that she seeks you everywhere she goes. So I pray, Father, that you continue to use her. I pray, Father, that where she lands in McKinney, Texas, that she can make friends, Father, as rich and beautiful as she's made here. And Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you can, that you can, I know, Father, that we will always be tied together by the blood of the Lamb. And it isn't forever, for we will all be united together in eternity. So, Father, we send her off, Father, with a blessing from the church, from deep within our hearts. We're sad for her to go, but we're happy for the journey she's going to embark on. So, Father, bless her with an anointing, with a filling of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for her and for giving me the honor of being her friend these last eight years. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise Jesus. I want to talk today about not giving up. 
you know, when, when, um, when times, there's times when, you know, maybe you don't meet your goal or life gets difficult, the temptation to give up can surface. And I want to say to not give up because giving up will only be a disappointment. You know, God has given us strength and the will to overcome, and we don't need to give up in any way, shape, or form. You have it in you. We have it in us to stand firm until the very, very end. And God is with us every step of the way. You know, I remember when I was in basic training for the Army, you know, towards the end of basic training, there's ruck marches. There's like 20 miles or so with all the gear. And... Um, it's like a rite of passage in basic training. You know, I remember there was a, actually I wasn't even ready for that. It we were doing a live fire exercise and then right after that they said, all right, we're gonna go for 20 miles with all your gear. And it was like, oh, all right, let's do it. And so we start going and you know, eight, nine hours into this march with all the gear and everything, you know, you start to get like kind of tired. You start to get like, you start to wonder if you're going to make it. And then you see the, the drill sergeants just uh, just walking up and down the column like, like they just got up fresh in the morning. And I'm wondering, like, how can they do that? You know, and they're conditioned and ready to do that. And then there's, you know, um, where, where I did my basic training was in uh, Kentucky, Fort Knox. And there was this one hill at the end that we had to, to go up over. I'm telling you, it was like after about eight or nine hours of marching, then there's this hill that was such a steep grade that there was a sign on it that said there was no authorized vehicles on this road. So I'm like thinking, wow, you can't even, and you can't even see the top and it's dark and it's like, you literally can lean forward and, and just about touch, touch the ground. And so here we go up this thing, up this thing, up this thing. And, and you wanna just quit sometimes. You feel like quitting because you can fall out and you know that you'll get picked up by you know, there's a vehicle in the back and they'll take you and they'll, but you know what? Then you have to do it all over again. You're, you're not gonna, and, and who wants to fall out, right? But you have this, you know, it, 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 I'm sure it's crossed every soldier's mind to give up even a little bit, but then you know what? They quickly, you get it out of there and, and you just don't accept it. You just don't accept it and you go forward and you think, you know, this is all gonna pan out at the end. So remember, you know, continue to walk a few more hours in that. And then the sun starts to come up and you think, oh, it's got to be close, <laughs> but that's just a lie and they did it on purpose. And then when you see the barracks at a distance, you think you, oh, you're close, but it still takes forever to get to the, back to the barracks. And you finally make it and you're proud. You know, you're hurt, you're, you're in pain, but you're proud. You're, you're proud in such a way that it's, it's kind of amazing the camaraderie that happens and how proud you are that you didn't give up and that you made it. And you just, uh, you know, the next thing is you have your, your graduation from basic training and, and you're, you know, you feel like you, you, you're there with every, all the other soldiers that have had pain and endured and just went through it with you. Thank you. And um, you feel like you've won something, like you've won a prize, like nothing can stop you. And I remember that the, the, the prize that I got was, son, now you're going to go to war. And right away, I went to Iraq. 
and you know, with everything that, that happens over there, my life will never be the same. I went to Iraq, a lot of you know that, then I went to Afghanistan after that. And, um, but when you come back, when you come back, they, they give you a welcoming, you get back on the plane and there's fire trucks shooting the water over the plane and uh, welcoming you back, giving you the fireman's salute. And you know, there's a lot of thank yous. You, you, you know, when, when I got back, there was, uh, we were escorted by uh, motorcycle groups with flags and things like that. And, and you know, everybody's cheering and saying thank you. And, um, and there's, a, there's a proudness that you feel, but that's the reward you get. And then, maybe 10% off at stores here and there. And, but that's the reward you get. But there's a proud, and, and there's a thing that you feel proud for serving, serving your country. But the thing is, there's nothing better than to serve God. There's nothing better than to serve the kingdom of God and go to war for the, in the name of Jesus and to serve God. And, and the reward that we need to be looking for is to kneel before the Lord one day and to say, to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the reward that I want. That's what I want more than anything is to be before the Lord. And he says, good, good work, good job. Nothing else matters, only what God sees and what God. And so I have to push myself harder each day. You got to push yourself each day so that you can, so that you can make it. You got to push yourself. Every day is hard. Just like when I was in basic training, there's days when you just don't want to do it anymore, but you can't go anywhere. You're stuck there. you got to push through. You know, we are believers. We are people of God. We have to push through. When there's days that we don't want to do it, what are we going to do? We have to push through. We have to continue. We have to go harder than we've ever gone. We have to train to endure pain. We have to train to pray like we've never prayed before. We have to learn to read the Bible. We have to learn to not fall into temptation. Like part of the, well, the army makes us memorize a whole bunch of things and about honor and all of that, but I'll tell you one thing that they've taught me is that I will never accept defeat. And as a man of God, I will never accept defeat. As a man and woman of God, I charge you to do the same, to never accept defeat. Because giving up is not an option for you and me because we are believers. Let me say that again. Giving up is not an option. It is not an option. In Corinthians, in chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians 24 and 25, Paul talks about running the race. He talks about ministry and how our reward will last forever. And let me just read that scripture. And it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Now, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, and they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So we train to get a crown that will last forever, and that crown can only be given through our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But notice something here. This is not everyone gets the prize. You know, and the same is true in this world. Not everyone who claims to be a Christian is going to endure and get that crown. And that's sad. Not everyone will endure. Some, some believers start to lose focus. Maybe they start off good. I'm not going to get into the debate 
of if you can lose your salvation or not. I'm not going to get into that. But some Christians can fall away from the will of God. And we see that sometimes. And we, can't, we, we have to endure until the end. Sometimes people get a little relaxed and comfortable in their lives. And then they mess up with one thing or another. You know, you know who does not give up is our enemy. Our enemy will never give up. He will never give up until he can destroy you. Until he can destroy your mind and have you not think of God. Have you think he doesn't exist. Have you think it's all fake. And have you believe lies that the world gives out there. This world is run by the enemy, by Satan. So he's deceiving and everything you hear on the news is deception and lies. And he wants you to believe all that. And he will never give up. He will never give up until he has you in his grip and he will take you down to the pit with him. So we can never give up because we are victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus died on the cross and rose so that we can be saved, so that we can be victorious. And we are victorious. So we cannot give up. In November of 1977, in England, there was a strike for nine weeks. Firefighters went on strike for nine weeks in 1977. And the, the British Army was required. You know, they have, the armies have firefighters in them, but they're not very good at fighting fires because they don't really train for that too much. And so the British Army had to use their older fire trucks and just for those nine weeks. And there was, there was problems because they weren't really ready for those kind of tasks. But there were some jobs that were easier than other jobs. And, you know, one squad was called out to save a cat from a tree. And so they went out, saved the cat. And the woman that was there was so grateful, offered them tea. That's what they do over there, I think. You know, and have tea parties and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. But so they had the tea, and, and, and they're there. They're waving goodbyes. And as they're leaving, they just weren't focused anymore. And they accidentally ran the cat over, and now the cat's dead. It's not a terrible story if you don't like cats. <laughs> but the point is that the, the, if you get relaxed, you stop focusing on what's in front of you, and you can you know, do something good, but then get unfocused and then mess it all up. So we have to stay focused, and our focus has to be on enduring to the very end. It has to be on enduring to the, to the very end. And our focus here has to be the mission statement that the Lord gave us for this church, which is to love God, number one. To love God, number one. We have to love God. We have to love one another with the love that God has given us to love one another. And we need to do that with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to do it that way. We have to do it that way. So 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27 says, therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do, not, I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body that I make it a slave so that after I preach to others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. Now, Paul wants us to understand that we have a purpose. And that purpose is to advance the gospel. Understand that, church. Because I think that's something that the church fails to understand. I think sometimes we think that our purpose is for us to be blessed. 
you know, or, or for me to have something or for me to do something. But our purpose is not for us to be blessed. We are blessed because if God decides to bless us, he's God and he loves us and he blesses us. But our purpose is to advance the gospel. So what are we doing to advance the gospel? We're doing some things, but we have to do more. We have to advance the gospel. That is our purpose. We have to live a life of holiness. We have to live a life holiness, set apart for God. You guys all look pretty holy right now, but do you look pretty holy at home when no one's watching? We have to live holy lives. Every day, every moment, make God our number one priority. Put God at the top of the list and remain faithful and obedient to the word of God. Remember last week we read through some of the Ten Commandments. We went through all of them. And the first part talked about God establishing himself as our God. And what does that mean? That we should not have any idols before us. We should not have anything before us that get in the way of, of, our, of our God. And what could be idols could be anything. Idols could be, could be money. Idols could be your house, your car, your children. You know, your faith and your faith and even these vaccines that are coming out. That could be your idol. What's important is to have faith in Christ. Amen. Somebody asked me, I'm covered by the blood of the lamb. That's it. So put your faith in God. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus, not in anything else, but in Christ. Make God your number one priority. This picture that Paul puts out there, it's kind of funny to me when I think about a man running aimlessly. You know, I just think of somebody running around like, and then if they're beating the air at the same time, it, it just looks pretty funny, right? It's like a crazy person running around, punching the air without a purpose. You know, we have a purpose. We need to do things with a purpose. You know, I, I, I love the Olympics, and I like watching all the sports. I even watched that one that, that they, I don't even know what it's called, but it's kind of dumb, but they, they have that little thing coming down, and the people are with a broom. <laughs> you know, it's just, I just like the, watching the competitions and everything. But I really like the relay races. And, and, and those, the coordination that has to happen when, when these guys are sprinting around the track and then you have the baton and, they, and they start, the other guy starts to sprint and they kind of have to do it all at the same time. It has to be at the exact same speed as they pass the baton and they just continue. They have to be working together as a team or they'll, they, won't, they won't hand it off correctly. It could fall, they'll lose a race. You know, they have to do it effortless, effortlessly together and they have, the key is to work together, to work together. They have to work together in the same way the church needs to work together. The church in the United States and around the world needs to work together. Amen. And we have to do a better job of running the race because we are all in this race. We have to do a better job of running with intentionality. Intentionality of what? Intentionality of seeking God, being obedient to the word of God. We, can't, we have to let ourselves be so full of God's love that that's what people see. You know, I had a mentor, my uncle, a lot of you know him, some of you don't, Pastor Orlando Vallejo. He, he was all about God's love. If he left me anything, was that desire to seek God's love in everything that I do. And it's important because God is love. God is love. God is love. 
If we're a Christian who is only satisfied with receiving the grace of God and then not giving it out to other people, then what's going on there? We receive the grace of God. We receive what God has given us. But the purpose of that is so that we can give it out to others, so we can show others who our God is. And if we don't, then we're never going to fully know the true joy of our Christian life that we can have in the name of Jesus. Because we have to do what God has given us. Paul says, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. And when Paul says this, obviously he's not beating himself up. That would be silly, right? He's saying that we have to endure, that we have to sacrifice, that we have to go through things. That we have to do things sometimes that we don't want to do for the sake of the gospel. And he has went through some things. He went through several things that none of us had had to go through. Five times he received 30 lashings. Five different times. Three different times he was beaten with rods. He was even stoned once and left for dead. And on top of that, he was shipwrecked three different times. Yet he did not give up. Would we give up after one little boating accident? Would we give up if we had to get hit with rods? Would we give up if we had to be lashed? The, the, you know, 40 lashes was the maximum they would give because a person could die. So they would take them near death. Would we give up? I don't think you would give up. You might think, oh, I can't endure something like that, but I guarantee you that the Holy Spirit will help you endure the things that you think you cannot endure if you hold on to the strength in Jesus. He stayed focused in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which, which the Lord... The righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Now, there's one thing that I, that I get when I read this. When I, when I read this, I see confidence. There's confidence in his writing. He doesn't say, um, you know, maybe I'll get it. You know, maybe I've done it. I think I'm going to get to heaven. I hope I'm going to get that crown. No, he is confident. And he says, I have fought the good fight. He's confident. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. And he knows there is in store for him a crown of righteousness, which the Lord who judges will award him on that day. He is confident. And why is he confident? Because he knows who God is. He knows who our Lord and Savior is. And when we know who our God is, then we can be confident. When we know who it is, our Savior, that we know what God, we, we, if you read the scriptures, you don't have to take my word for it or any other preacher's word for it. You can get the word of God from the Bible. Yeah. And then we could know exactly what God is saying, what he is, what he's doing. And if we know who God is and we are confident in our salvation, we can also say that. Now, if you're not then you're going to have trouble 
Maybe not here, but you are in trouble if you don't have that confidence. And today you can change that around and give your life to Jesus. You can do that today. You can even do it right now without even waiting to the end. Just right there where you're sitting. Come to the Lord. But if you want to wait to the end, wait to the end. If you want to wait to the end of the life and your life and you haven't done it, you can be in trouble. And you have no one to blame other than your own rejection of Christ. But if you open your heart to Jesus, there's nothing but joy and festivities and reuniting with Brenda. I know I'll probably see you in Texas a couple times, but there might be a time that I won't see you as often, but one day I'll see you in heaven. So as a servant of the Lord, we have so much to look forward to, so much to look forward to. But we need to renew our minds daily also. The not giving up part, we need to understand that we need to renew our minds daily. Constantly, constantly transform our minds because there's an enemy out there that wants to turn you away from God. I'm going to read from Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, also, and so, dear brothers, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Look at that. Don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How can God transform us? By changing the way that we think. How can we change the way we think? By getting into the Word of God. How can you change the way you think if everything you listen to is trying to change the way you think another way? So if you want to change the way you think towards God, you need to listen to godly things. You need, you need to focus on God. We don't have no business trying to watch and hear the things of Satan because all that's trying to do is take us away from God. But what we need to do is focus on what God has for us. Right. And that will transform your mind. Amen. You know, if you're at home and you want to listen to music and you put on gospel music, there's something else that happens because you get to worship. You get to praise God. And if you don't like the beats, you can find music that has good beats. But if you start listening to things like, I don't know, the little guy that, that, that you know, takes the horse to the road and all that. <laughs> he made the, the little Nas guy. He made the, 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 red, the red Satan shoes and things like that. And, and sometimes you listen to songs and you might like the song. But then you realize, wait a minute, this is coming. This ain't coming from God. And you're dancing to it. And it's like, you know, what, how are we edifying? How are we edifying ourselves? We have to. <laughs> you don't need to worry about it. If you never heard it, don't worry about it. So it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you then says then the word of God says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Yes. 
So if you change the way you think, then you're going to know how God wants you to do certain things, how God's will in your life is supposed to be carried out. But if you don't, then you don't. So we need to learn to surrender. We need to learn to surrender every day, surrender ourselves to God, a newly surrendering to God every day. Wake up, surrender to God. Wake up the next day, surrender to God. If you, if you want to surrender at night again, do it again. But the thing is, completely surrender to God constantly and renew your mind. Know that God has a purpose for us. God has a purpose for you. You are not here by accident. You are not here by accident. I don't care why you came or why you didn't come before, but the reason you're here is not by accident. Right. It is by divine appointment so God can talk something to you through His Word of God. And I know God is speaking to you. We need to realign, resubmit, rejoin ourselves in the name of Jesus with the purpose, our mind, our will, our emotions, according to the Word of God. Stop living on how you feel and start living on the truth of the gospel. Amen. Yes. You may say, Pastor, that's just easier said than done. It is if you're not living in the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you are living in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not that hard. Because here's the thing. that Here's why it's not hard. Because you don't have to do anything. You let God do it. All you got to do is trust God. That's why it's not hard. So we're supposed to also, if we're going to give the Lord, well, hold, hold on, we'll give the Lord a round of applause right now, but remember, the Lord is here with us. Right. And if God was right here and, and we clap for Him, that's why I get a little upset when we do weak claps for the Lord, because if we're going to clap for the Lord, He's here. Let's, yeah. let's, let's honor Him. Even Let's honor God. We praise you, Jesus, and, and we need to rejoice. We need to constantly rejoice in the Lord always. The scripture tells us to rejoice. I was talking with my mother last night, and, and how can we rejoice when we're going through things? How can we rejoice when there's loss in our family? How can you rejoice? But the thing is that the Bible tells us regardless of our, of our circumstances, regardless of our circumstances, His joy, God's joy is transcendent. God's joy covers all disappointment. God's love covers all difficulties, discouragements. God's joy overcomes that. Remember the good things you have. Remember who Christ is. Remember your benefits in your Lord Jesus Christ as you're remembering to renew your mind daily. Remember the, the good things that God has done. Remember what he's done with his people in Israel and the covenant he's made and how he's grafted the Gentiles, which is us, back into the kingdom of God and the family of God and the rewards we will get and the love that we get. Just the love that we get from our Savior. I didn't know what love was until I said yes to Jesus. I thought I knew what love was, but I didn't. God loves you. You have to consider yourself dead to your old ways. Dead to your old ways and desires. When I got saved, some people came up to me and said, you'll be back with us here in, in six months. And I thought to myself, why is that? They must know people that have become Christians and end up back in that lifestyle a few months later. 
And the reason for that is that they don't die to their self. They want to have one foot in and one foot out. One foot in the parties, one foot in the church. And before you know it, you're split. And, all, and, and what happens is usually it pulls you to that way. So I see why that happens. So if we want to be wise and do what the Word of God says, then we have to separate ourselves from the things that will hinder our walk with God. That doesn't mean that you all of a sudden hate everybody and you can't talk to anybody. What it means is to be wise. Don't put yourself in situations where you know you're going to be tempted to do things that you shouldn't do. If, if you want to serve God, if you want to live a holy life, if you don't want to live a holy life and you don't even want to have anything to do with God, I hate to say this, but then just go do it. Do what you want to do. But if you want to serve God, if you want to, then do it 100%. And don't give up. And if you think you can't do it, you're wrong. You can do it. Because all you have to do is trust in God, and He will guide you the rest of the way. And that's just not me talking. That's the Word of God talking. We have hope. We have love. We have faith. Those are the promises God gives us. What is the promise of the world Maybe some fun and then death and destruction. Guilt and all kinds of nonsense. But I choose faith. I choose hope. I choose love. Reprogram your mind. Reprogram your mind and think of what is honorable. Think about what is good. Think about what is worthy and praiseworthy. Think of those things. Think of the things that honor God. And you will see that you will transform into a different person and replace what is fleshly with God's word. And you could breathe life back into people. I was telling Pastor Arthur a few weeks ago, he preached, and I think he's even forgotten some of what he preached. But there was a scripture that sticks in my head, and that was in Timothy. In Timothy, I'm sorry, Titus, Titus chapter 2. Verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Think about that. It's the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. If you have trouble with the world, I can't get away from this. Understand, it is the word of God that teaches you. You can try on your own. You're not going to do it. But if you try with the word, you will be successful because we serve a powerful God. Amen. And the word of God is powerful. That's right. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. People out there don't have self-control anymore. But the word of God tells us we have self-control and it is the word of God, the grace of God that teaches us that. God's life, your life in God's hands is the best that it will ever be. You cannot do anything on your own. If you think you can discover the best path, the best path of your life on your own, I hope you don't even try, but you might want to try to prove me wrong and try anyways, but you're not going to do it because the best path is God. Amen. The best path 
is being a holy man or woman. The, the best path is trusting in Jesus. And in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And if you do that, the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard you and guard your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. So if we listen to the scriptures and we live the scriptures, we're going to be okay. But if we forget the scriptures, if we only look at the word on Sundays, you're going to forget. Trust me, you'll forget. You'll forget by Tuesday. Maybe even Sunday night. Maybe Monday. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? We need to be in the Word. Renew our minds daily in the Word. Constantly be in the Word. And we need to also pray for people. Pray for people. Pray that God will use us to breathe life into people. Because we hold the Word of God in our hearts and our minds. And that is the breath of life of God Himself. And when we speak the Word of God, we speak life into people. Forgive others. You want to transform? Forgive. You want to renew your mind? Forgive others. But pastor, you don't know the harm this person's done. Well, I know the harm that Jesus died for. Forgiveness. Bible tells, when we read the Lord's Prayer, if you ever hear us on Saturday mornings when we pray, we try to do the Lord's Prayer every time, and we never get it nice and orderly and unified. It's always, but one of the things that the prayer says is to, is to just trust in God. Give it all to God. Oh, praise Jesus. Forgive those Forgive as God has forgiven us. Can we do that? Can we forgive? Can we forgive? And trust me, if we can forgive, we get set free. When you don't forgive, it's you that is chained up. So forgive. You want to be a man or woman of God? Forgive. God will deal with the justice and someone needs wrath. That's God's department. But we have to forgive. We have to forgive. Resist and don't conform to this world. Don't conform to this world. Just don't conform to this world. And remember that as we are renewed, we need to lead others to Jesus. We need to lead others to God. And it's God that, you know, being in the will of God will help us be healthier people. You know that? You know that being in God's will, you can actually be healthier physically? Why is that? Well, if you look at the medical you know, science, you'll see that stress and problems can have an effect on your body. And when we're serving God, when we have these stressors, we don't really stress as much because we have the joy of God within us. So being a man and woman of God, you know, authentically and giving it all to the Lord can help you even be healthier. 
you know, we talk about sometimes financially we want to maximize our contributions and all of our monies and put them in markets and things like that. The best thing, the best contribution you could do is to serve God. And your reward will be in heaven. You'll get that crown. You'll get that crown. If you want to have love, you want to have peace, you want to have patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to have the fruit of the Spirit, well, you have to be in the Spirit. If you let the will of God guide you, then you can have those things. You can have the fruit of the Spirit. You can walk the earth with the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have to walk around depressed. You don't have to walk around with anger. You don't have to walk around with fear that your needs will not be met because God will take care of our needs. Is He not the great provider? Does He not love you? And if He loves you, won't He take care of you? I have children that are small. When I see them sad, it just breaks my heart. And I want to help them. But I'm limited in what I can do. But God is not limited in what He can do. So when He sees us sad, don't you think He wants to help us? Yes, He does. He wants to help us. We don't need to live in depression. We don't need to live in fear. We need to live in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that? We have to know God. We have to read the Word. We have to fellowship with one another. We have to pray for one another. We have to trust in God's timing. We can't put idols before God. We can't do... We have to put God as our number one priority. Number one priority. Learn more, learn more, and learn more. And be obedient to what we're learning. You know, church is not about just having an emotional day, right? An emotional day where all of a sudden you feel great and and you jump around and, and sing. I'm all for that. I'm all for jumping around and singing. I love that. I love being in the presence of God. I love praising God. I love lifting my hands. I know when we sing, I'm going to ask if you can sing, do that one song again. How great. Yes. When I hear you play that piano again. (laughs) And when we do that, we'll be worshiping and jumping around and singing and raising our hands and praising God. And that's all good. But what do we do after that? Do we get into the word of God? Do we learn the word of God? Do we carry the word of God in our hearts? Do we live it daily? I'm going to be so mad if I go to Texas and she's doing worldly things. (laughs) I know that you won't. (laughs) You said you wanted us to roast you a little bit. (laughs) So here's the thing, transformation. And as I finish up, we need to, we need to, bring transformation. You guys all know what a motorhome is, right? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, motorhome, you know, it brings a convenience of home to the world of camping. You can go to a motor in a motorhome and, and you can park on a concrete slab with a few pine trees and, and you're camping. You know, and the, and, and the, thing, the thing with motorhomes is we we, we decorate it just like our homes, you know, it's, it's a home away from home and, and we go and so basically we, we end up going to a new place and we're in a different surrounding, but we take our home with us, we take everything with us and we're pretty much the same and just in a different spot. And I have nothing against motorhomes, you know, I don't have one, but I wouldn't mind having one and I wouldn't mind even doing all that. But the point is, spiritually speaking, 
If we're going to move forward and go somewhere, we can't take the old stuff with us. We have to transform and be new in the name of Jesus. Forget about the comforts. Think about Jesus. Forget the comforts. Trust the discomfort we have in the unknowns that are in the future serving God. And in all of that, in all of that, we never give up. We can never give up. We can never give up. There's too much at stake to give up. Lives are at stake. When I was talking to my mom last night about just pain and suffering, and, and one of the things I said is like, why, why don't we always have that same pain or grief for those that we know are not right with God? Why don't we have that? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do. But we need to seek God more so that we can have compassion for the lost. Compassion for those that are lost or those that are seeking God. And we won't be able to attain that if we don't stand firm and avoid the pitfalls of having one foot in the world, one foot here, I mess up again. You want to have that pattern? I've seen people go through a pattern. They go to church, they get excited, they read the Bible, they, they commit to the Lord, and, and, they, and by Wednesday they, they mess up. Or maybe they're good for a week or two, and then they mess up, and then they come back, they do it all over again. They go spiritually here, they come back down here, they come back here, they come back here, they go here, they come here, and, and it happens for their whole life. When God wants us to slowly and methodically study His Word, grow in Him, be filled with the Spirit, continue to climb how He wants us to climb in His timeline, and be strong in our foundation, which is the Word of God. So we're not giving up. I'm not even giving you the choice to give up today. <laughs> you cannot give up. Because our God is great. Our God is wonderful. Father, we pray today for our church, for the people here, for the people that are represented here, for the, for the friends and family that are in the web of, of who we can reach. And I pray, Father God, that your word that your word, Father God, bring change to their heart. If there's somebody here right now, Lord Jesus, that has never accepted God or has at one point accepted God, I pray that they come to the Lord right now, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father God, that they just believe and repent of their sins and believe, Lord Jesus, that you died for them, that you died, Father God, on that cross and you took the punishment for them. We deserve death, but you took that. But yet you rose from the dead in power and in glory because you are a great God. So if there's somebody here or somebody that can hear me on our, wherever it is, I pray, Father God, that they open their hearts to you, that they put their life back on track. And for those of us, Father God, who are struggling Help us to renew our minds daily. Help us to look to you, Father God. Help us to look to your word. Help us to study your word.
Help us to fight the temptation that takes us away from you. Let us be strong and to never give up, Father, for we will one day be before you. And we want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And with confidence, Father, when we're at the end of our days, Father, we want to say that we have won, run the race with full confidence, knowing that we are your children. Knowing, Lord Jesus, knowing that you are God, that you are the one and only God. So I pray, Father God, that as we sing this song, we sing it to praise you, to glorify you, Lord Jesus. But I ask that your spirit go forth here this afternoon and that you do miracles and healings and wonder in your people today as we sing this song, as we praise your holy name, as we glorify you, Lord Jesus. Give us the strength and the passion, Lord Jesus, to fulfill your purpose in our lives. Help us to seek you, Lord. Forgive us, Father. Because we, we fall short, Father. We fall short. Forgive us, dear God. And we ask you to pick us up. Pick up our family that has lost their way. Pick up our friends that have chosen to party instead of serve you. Pick up our children, Lord. Pick up our elderly. Oh, Father God, we need you. We need you so much. And I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for this day. I know that you have spoken to us. I know, Lord Jesus, that you are with us. Every Sunday, Lord, every Sunday I feel like I have fallen short and I can't do this. But every Sunday, Father God, you show me how much you love me. Every Sunday, every day you show us, Father God, that we are never alone. No matter what you're going through, no matter what physical ailment you have, it does not change the fact that God is God. And it does not change the fact that our God loves you. And it does not change the fact that you still have a purpose in Christ. Father, we love you. And I ask you, Father, from the bottom of my heart to minister to your people this morning. And if somebody, Father, does not know you, Father, may they open their hearts. May they fight against the struggle to hurry up and leave. And for those of us, Father, who know you, and we need encouragement. We need you, Father God. And we will not give up. We will not give up. Father, we will praise you right now. In your precious, precious name we pray.